The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store, and, of course, the Super Truck Showroom stocked with plenty of chrome, lights, and more. While you're there, don't forget to visit the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum next door. It's free. The entire team at the Iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you. They look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years. Sending you a giant thank you from Iowa 80, the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80. It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Uniden America Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Welcome to a Friday Coronation Weekend. Woo! Crown <laughs> oh. the king. Uh, Long yeah. live the king. <laughs> uh, uh, sorry, we're yeah, we're Americans. We don't believe in celebrating people because they belong to a royal family. I mean, some people do, but most of us don't. And according to what you read before from the BBC, there's a lot of people in Great Britain that don't <laughs> care about it anymore. Yeah, who knew? Yeah, uh, yeah finally, according... finally they're getting around to the Sex Pistols mindset. <laughs> yeah, according to a Yahoo UK royal reporter, Emma McKenzie, uh, and this is uh, an article that uh, uh, Yahoo posted back in April, but it was about the coronation, um, that... Uh, the, the the polls show that most British people are not interested in the event. Yet, I wonder many if, plans to still watch it. I wonder if there are more Americans interested in it than British. Oh, just overall numbers, just over, more well, no, percentage wise, percentage, percentage wise, wise percentage uh, yeah, wise. yeah. Either way, I guess, right? Yeah. Because uh, you know, we just remember. Uh, now, I will say it was mostly Democrats. Remember how Democrats embraced Camelot? Mm. Well, speaking of Camelot, let's talk about Camelot 2.0, yeah. the Biden family. <laughs> how many Bidens are we up to now? Is it 17? I think 12. Oh. 12 in, tell, 12 in the <laughs> royal the royal well, family who has received a lot of funds well, not apparently earned. The, the question <laughs> is, uh, we don't know the exact number because it depends on whether or not you're going to count all of Joe Biden's grandchildren. Yes. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. I didn't start that. They did. You know, I, I wonder if that's something under the radar, and we talked about that this week. I mean, all 
the scandal stuff coming up now, but whether that just in popular culture itself, because as you and I said, that was that was huge. You know, whether it was the little kids asking Biden about it, uh, you know, about the grandkids, and he said six instead of seven, and everybody in the media picked up on it. Yeah, or, children under four have gotten more questions into Joe Biden than anyone in the media. Except the Easter Bunny. Yeah, except the Easter Bunny and Al Roker. Oh, Al Roker, yes. And, um, but when you saw it, it was, it was, it was cringeworthy. And then the media's, you know, uh, reporting uh, on it. And that's something that goes beyond politics. And then at the same time, the paternity suit, which relates to all of it, as Jonathan Turley said, who is a Democrat, this is just such viciousness from the Biden family and Joe and Jill Biden to ignore uh, their granddaughter. Mm -hmm. And the same thing with Hunter Biden. Who does this? What kind of uh you know cruelty and viciousness can people have to do something like that and when he said that i went wow this goes right beyond this goes beyond politics it really does yeah yeah you sit there and you go wow first word that comes to my mind is and I, if it wasn't the president's family it was any other family you'd be like what scumbags yeah and it's the first thing that would come to your mind right yep it's a child and as turley said it's a child that's going to grow up one day and read about the fact that her blood family wanted to reject her, and her blood family just wasn't any family. It was the pre- it was Camelot 2.0. Mm-hmm. It was the president of the United States family while they he was president. Yeah. It's like how heartbreaking is that when you grow older? And he, that's when he said the viciousness and cruelty of this is just mind-boggling. It is. And it's... In public view, they can't hide it. Right. And it's like they don't care. They, they, they're not trying to hide it. No. You know, because you can't. But what I say is you, you can't hide it because by the by the president coming out and, you know, stating only six and by ignoring it. And then the story that came out, and this is Democrats. This is Jonathan Turley bringing it out that, oh, they have stockings on their you know, Christmas, uh, uh, you know, uh, chimney fireplace for the dogs and cats, but not for their granddaughter. And it was just like, you hear that stuff, and you're like, whoa, man. And so they can't hide it. It's impossible to hide it. And when they try to hide it, it becomes a uh, social media news item that, my God, the Bidens are ignoring their granddaughter. They're pretending she doesn't exist. And that is just I've never seen this. I th- there are s- things that I've seen in politics that have surprised me, but then there's some things where you say there just seems to be absolutely no self awareness whatsoever, and that's in the Biden family right there. Yeah, none, none whatsoever. Mm. Because this isn't like there was a rumor, right, of a child existing. Uh, there isn't. It, everyone knows it. There's no. There's no. No doubt. The, no the doubt. only denial. Is the Biden family denying this child access to right. her grandparents and them saying she's not essentially she's not part of the family? That that's heartbreaking. Yeah. When so when, when Joe Biden said, you know, six and it's seven, well, then you are denying that that granddaughter exists, and they know it's their granddaughter. Yeah. And that's just 
You know, I agree with Jonathan Turley. The viciousness of that is unprecedented yeah. in American uh, politics for the public to see this from a presidential family. Yeah. Just amazing. But uh, latest from uh, uh, James Comer, uh, he addressed a whistleblower's claim that the FBI possesses a document describing an alleged criminal uh, scheme involving the vice president or, or then Vice President Joe Biden and a foreign national on Fox News last night. Comer told Sean Hannity that he has knowledge of the country and the policy position tied to the file, but says he is not at liberty to say right now what it is. He said, we're very confident that this does exist. We're very confident in the whistleblower. And look, this fits a pattern of behavior that uh, of what the Bidens have done. We've already identified millions of dollars that have gone to nine different Biden family members, and we don't have any idea what they did to receive that money. There are no businesses that they're in. That's what the Biden attorneys and their friends in the media have said. As well, that these were legitimate investments to different uh, Biden business interests. Except there are no business interests. They don't exist. Mm. So the attorneys have said something that is really false. Because what's the business interest? Explain it. And you can't. And that's the problem that they have here is the fact that there's a few problems. Uh, uh, one is you've got whistleblowers that are coming forward. And it's very important to understand that whistleblowers, if they lie, will go to prison. Yeah. Because you're lying to Congress at that point. Mm-hmm. And if you're lying to Congress and you're a whistleblower... And you're lying. Let's let's say a whistleblower comes forward, and it's a plant whistleblower. Mm-hmm. I'm really a Democrat, and I want to set up the Republicans, right? Because that's mm-hmm. what you'd be concerned with. Right. So I'm going to go and lie to the Republicans on this. I'm mm-hmm. going to go through the whistleblower process and then lie. You're going to get prosecuted. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. So it's not like when Trump was accused of something and nobody, oh, sources say, what sources? Intelligence sources, foreign intelligence sources, what well, we found out. With the Russia collusion, that was basically a Hillary setup job where they paid, uh, you know, they paid money to create a lie and form a lie. And with the most outrageous stories of a scandal, the hotel, the 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 pee stuff and everything else, mm-hmm. which was basically made up by Iggy Danchenko getting drunk with a couple of uh, buddies. Yeah, and they came up with you know, ah, right, right, whatever. Mm-hmm. But they were never able to. You know, there was nothing where you ever said, "Okay, that's a sl- that's a slam dunk, that's a slam dunk thing." And then finally, when push came to shove, and uh, what's his name, uh, not Swalwell, uh, Adam Schiff mm-hmm. was asked about, "Well, where's the evidence of Russia collusion?" He used the Trump Tower meeting, yeah, which was. Had already been vetted. That had been vetted already, and it was like, wow, you had nothing. You never had anything. These are whistleblowers, the IRS whistleblower, and now this whistleblower coming forward saying, this document exists, here's what it is, here's what countries it's about, and then after it's announced, what you have over the next, so far, it may change today, but over the first 36 hours, what you have is complete silence. And you had John Kirby coming out and saying, uh, we just we're not going to answer the question. Uh, you have to go to the Department of Justice. We have nothing for you. I got to go. 
Yeah. I got, they're giving me the hook. I got to go. Yeah. And when I saw that, I went, my God, he's panicking. No, they, they don't. They, yeah. It's, it, it, and I think he's panicking and behind the scenes, they're clearly panicking. Yeah. Because what you would expect is, you know, Joe Biden knows whether he took a bribe or not. Hunter Biden knows whether he took a bribe or not. Uh, yeah. The the uh, uh, whoever was the person who was involved in the bribe, whether it was that Russian oligarch or, or oligarch or not, mm-hmm. who uh, that uh, the New York Post was talking about, that that might possibly it. They're not saying it was it. It might possibly because it might fit. Yeah, they're the saying the timeline. Time, the timeline mm-hmm. on it. And that's what everybody is looking at uh, right now. Well, at least those three know about it. And possibly the other source that went to the FBI that had talked about how shocked they were, uh, how blunt he was talking about, you know, being able to get a bribe from Hunter Biden. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you look at, the, they know. Yeah. But the president knows and Hunter Biden knows. And if he didn't do it, all he's got to do is come out and say, I didn't do it. And all of a sudden, since the IRS whistleblower has come out and since Biden announced he was running for the, the presidency, nothing that he was running for president again, nothing. And as uh, Pete Ducey said in the four years, he's been following him. Never has it been like this a week like this where he hasn't made hardly any appearances whatsoever. And yesterday they made it sure that he wouldn't even be close to being exposed or near any reporter at any time. That's that was pretty shocking. And then also you had zero, what I could tell, maybe there was a local interview, but on the on a national uh, media, I didn't see any Democrat come out and say, "Well, this is ridiculous. Biden is clean," and that's a problem there's, because you hear he has no support to begin with. Because if he's if he's being wrongly accused of something so massive, this is this is huge if it's true. Yeah, and it, he knows it takes Biden, down the presidency. Biden knows if it's true or not, which means. That if it's not true, the first thing you do, Biden is defiant at every turn. If he's being wrongly accused of something, yesterday we would have seen every mouthpiece for him screaming at the top of their lungs. He's never broken the law. These are false allegations. Because if you if if he if this is not true, if this is completely false. If the whistleblower, and we look at all possibilities, Mm -hmm. is setting up the Republicans, then Republicans lose all credibility because the full force of the mainstream media will come up and say the Republicans are attempting to set up the president. And anything they say from now until 2024 will be viewed from those lenses. Yes. Yep. Yeah, the entire party is tainted. There's no way to escape that if the... If the GOP is being set up here and they're working in that direction, and this is why we said. Or or the other possibility, the GOP is making it all up. Yeah, yeah. To, have, to I'm extent. just throwing out right. all possibilities. Right. Right. They've, they've, just, they've destroyed themselves for the 2024 election. Right. Yeah, that would be. Right. You're just pulling your own rug. No, I don't believe that. that. No. I, I don't, I'm just giving the options. I yeah. actually don't believe they've that. They've done moronic time. things before. That one would be a new one. That right. would be a whole new level. Right. Yeah. But um, there's, and if we get through today, and again, nobody is stepping out in front of this in the Biden camp, with just those words, forget about 
anything else. We're not taking questions. The president has, these allegations are false. We're not taking any questions. We're not going to entertain this any further. If we don't see that today, then this has the potential to be something massive. 866-90-RED-EYE. Drought coverage nationwide continues to shrink. USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey with the latest from the U.S. Drought Monitor for the period ending May 2nd. We see just 24.4% of the lower 48 states considered to be in drought. That is down more than six percentage points from late March about five weeks ago. Add abnormal dryness in with the four drought categories and... We are now seeing just under 46% of the country either abnormally dry or in drought. And that too is down approximately six percentage points from what we were seeing at the end of March. Meaning continued improvement and recovery in long-term drought for the nation as a whole. However, we still see a core drought area primarily encompassing the central and southern Great Plains, and that accounts for the vast majority of the remaining high-end drought categories, the D3s and the D4s. I'm Rod Bade reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. This report is made possible by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Diesel and Sitco Lubricants. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. It's Friday Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Uh, so uh, I, I I know that this has come up so quickly. It's just really, what, two days, less than 48 hours old that yeah. you know, the whole thing with, you know, James yeah. Comer coming up. I was watching Grassley talk about it, uh, you know, on the Senate floor yesterday. And so everybody knows that this is going on inside of, of, uh, of Washington the the other problems that the president has here 
<laughs> Camelot 2.0, uh, <laughs> is um, is the fact that everyone knows that money was transferred. Everyone knows it doesn't make any sense. Everyone knows that tens of millions of dollars went to the Biden family and over $100 million went to think tanks and other things relating to the Biden family, and a ton of that from anonymous uh, foreign sources. And you look at that and you say, why? And that's why, because if this thing ends up being true, it is the end of his presidency. Yeah, it's over. It's over. And and there won't be, you know, I've, I've gotten response saying, well, uh, you know, uh, they will never. They, they may impeach him, but he'll never be out of office. It'll never get to that point. No, if there's if, proof, if this is true, he will. There, he would. He would resign first. And uh, the other one was, well, if Biden testifies, he'll get out of it because of. It doesn't matter whether he's found guilty or not. It because who knows what will happen at that particular point, right? And whether a president would come in and pardon him. Pardon him, but mm-hmm. again, that's that's speculation in the future. But if the one bribe is true, yeah, yeah. If the one bribe is true, then everything else is under suspicion and massive investigation. Yeah, you you, you brought that up yesterday, and, and and it's it's a very solid point because of everything else right now. They have tried to defend him up until now, and that's what's missing right now in, in this one. But it's been well. Uh, Hunter Biden's not the president. Hunter Biden is, at first, it's not Hunter's laptop. And then it's, well, you can't, you, 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 that's Hunter's privacy. You you can't look at that laptop. Well, it's not as, is it his laptop or not? And then all that back and forth, everything else falls if they demonstrate a quid pro quo here. Mm-hmm. If they do all of that you're going to see, you're going to want to, the, the rest of the media is going to want to look at the laptop. CBS might even want to look at the laptop. You're listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. Uh, this was probably one of my uh, favorite uh, uh, audio cuts of the week. Uh, mm. This was Senator John Kennedy. Uh, interviewing, well, asking questions to Deputy Energy Secretary David Turk about the cost of green energy reform. And I just want to play a little bit of it uh, here for you because it got to be interesting. It's going to cost trillions of dollars. There's no doubt about it. Okay. If we spend trillions of dollars and we achieve, some of your colleagues estimate 50 trillion, and it disappoints me that you're not willing to give the estimates. I don't. I hope you're not telling me you have no idea how much it's going to cost. That creates a whole new host of problems. But but uh, if it costs fifty trillion dollars, as some of your colleagues have testified, to become carbon neutral by two thousand and fifty, and I'm all for carbon neutrality, by the way. 
how much is that going to lower world temperatures? Or how much is that going to reduce the increase in world temperatures? So every country around the world needs to get its act together. Our emissions are about 13 percent of global emissions. Yeah, but if right you could now. answer my question, if we spend $50 trillion to become carbon neutral in the United States of America by 2050, you're the Deputy Secretary of Energy. Give me your estimate of how much that is going to reduce world temperatures. So, so first of all, it's a net cost. Um, it's what uh, benefits we're having from getting our act together and reducing all of those climate benefits. We're seeing. I, let me ask again. Maybe I'm being. Right now maybe I'm not being clear. If we spent fifty trillion dollars to become carbon neutral by two thousand and fifty in the United States of America, how? How much is that going to reduce world temperatures? This is a global problem. So we need to reduce our emissions and we need to do everything we can. How much, if we do our part, countries. is it going to reduce so world we're temperatures? So we're 13 percent of global emissions. You don't right know, now. do you? You don't know, do you? You can do the math. We need to. You don't know, do you, Mr. Secretary? So we're 13 percent of if global emissions. If you know, why won't you we tell went, me? If we went to zero, that would be 13 percent. You don't know, do you? You just want us to spend $50 trillion dollars. And you don't have the slightest idea whether it's going to reduce world temperatures. Now, I'm all for carbon neutrality, but you're the Deputy Secretary of the Department of Energy, and you're advocating we spend trillions of dollars to seek carbon neutrality, and you can't – and this isn't your money or my money, it's taxpayer money – and you can't tell me how much it's going to lower world temperatures? There or you won't tell me? You know, but you won't? In my heart of hearts, there is no way the world gets its act together on climate change unless the U.S. leads. Tell me how much it's the going US to reduce. You, you can't tell me. Either that or you won't. We're 13 and, and that's percent, 15 percent. That, the president of the United States needs – I've still got a few seconds. I've got 22 seconds. I'm going to use them a different way. Mr. Secretary, shame on you for not answering my questions. Um, Madam Administrator, how are we going to get plutonium pit production back on track? Well, th thanks, Senator Kennedy. We are doing the, the most important thing we have to do to get pit production back on track is get craft workers in the facilities, finish our designs, get craft workers in the facilities, and that is happening. All right, just but uh, I. Really, what she was saying, there was only a couple more seconds, so you really didn't get anything out of that. But it was uh, the whole David Turk back and forth where if you're talking about spending $50 trillion in taxpayer dollars, you can't tell us what it will accomplish. Yeah. You don't even have a clue. because we, But we all know what the answer is. It's, it's not, not going to do a thing. It's not going to do a thing. And that's what he can't answer. And, and he, you know, that's the thing, is it, which is also why he can't bring the lie, because here's the thing. The lie has to get bigger. What they have to do is say, oh, we know we spent $50 trillion back in 2024, or whenever they would get this done. So by 2035, they can come back and go, but that was only a fraction of what we will need to spend, clearly. Because it didn't, we're still not there. We need to spend another, by that time, Two hundred and fifty trillion more. That's been the game from the beginning. Oh, we haven't done enough. See, we haven't done enough. We haven't done enough. You'll be forced into an EV, and then they'll they'll phase out EVs. <laughs> 
That's where it's going. Well, I mean, it's, we're already we've already well, started that. Well, the activists are already on that. Well, we know that if if car, if reducing carbon uh, output is the goal, because you believe that that is the key to lowering temperatures. Okay. Yeah. Well, then the first thing that you would want to do is what has actually helped the United States reduce carbon output, Mm. and that is moving to natural gas. Well, the opposite is happening. You know, you look at New York, where they just outlawed new gas stoves and buildings. Everything needed. Was that furnaces, too? Yeah, I'm assuming. I it's I'm assuming for all gas too. powered. It, right. it's all it and, gas power. And yeah. uh, as soon as this came out, you had engineers come out and say, "Well, wait a minute. If you're using, if you have a gas stove, that is much more efficient mm-hmm. than actually having to use natural gas generators to create the electricity, send it through the grid." Where again, it loses its efficiency, as we all know, because of resistance mm-hmm. in the wires of the grid. That the most efficient way, if you're worried about global warming, if that's if that's the key and your main concern, then you're better to have gas stoves in the homes. Yeah, it's more efficient, and this sort of goes to the entire ethanol. Thing. Remember that. That was the first, the big first thing that we did was ethanol. Yeah, right. And Democrats passed it and Bush signed it. We were against when Bush did it. Signed it, I believe it was December of 2007. Yeah. And you and I were saying, nope, 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 nope. Wrong thing to do. From And we said from the very, very beginning, you and I were on this with our basic technical knowledge of understanding how things are made, including ethanol, we said from farm to everything you need to do to produce it, from farm to tank, you can't make the case. You actually put the same or more global warming gases into the atmosphere. Using their own metrics. Using their own formula. And by the time we got to March of 2008, a couple of months later... All the environmental groups come out and said, well, we can't do this. We can't do this. This is just ridiculous. This this is completely wrong. Then you had in 2010, you had Al Gore, who was one of the biggest promoters of ethanol, had to come out and say, sorry, guys, I've been lying to you because I started lying, you know, going up to the 2000 election about ethanol because I wanted to get the farmer's vote. But really, it does the opposite. It's a bad move. Mm Mm-hmm. And so today, still, the Republicans, in their, uh, uh, in their 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 uh, uh, what do you call it the the uh, the uh, deal that they made or the mm-hmm. the legislation that they passed mm-hmm. to uh, for the for the cap yeah for the debt ceiling mm-hmm. in order to get Republicans on board they had to continue subsidies for ethanol. Because the farmers like it, because it keeps them employed, not because the American public needs to have ethanol as part of saving the planet. 
once it gets started, you can't stop it. Even if we know that the original reason that we subsidized ethanol is now false. Yep. There's no there's there's no way to reverse it. Politically, you're not going to reverse it. It's it's basically like the same. It's the same with any kind of spending. Go try to eliminate any area of spending right now. You won't get that done. You can't. It's not going to happen. Because they'll just claim and BS to the public that everything is necessary. Yep. Yep. And so we continue doing the most immoral thing that we do uh, as a society, and that's because of our selfishness as a country. We say what we want now is more important than the financial security of future generations. Mm -hmm. That we will put them and leave them the most horrible debt possible. And we all know it's wrong. But we know it's wrong. We admit it's wrong. But if we can get what we need today, that's fine. That's all we need. Well, and, and that's the thing is that, you know, you start out with $50 trillion, Well, maybe you only get, remember Bernie. Bernie Bernie wanted to spend $6 trillion during the whole COVID thing. Well, if they get on the whole, you know, uh, new green deal, green new deal, <laughs> old green, new green, if they get $10 trillion, then we would just be at that spending point forever because you're not going to roll that spending back. Well, see, it may not have done what we needed it to do, but it's doing this. Now, politically, you're not going to get to $10 trillion either, but the point is is that they only got a fraction of what they wanted. Once you increase that, once the if the GOP were to give in, like they did on ethanol, then it's over. That's going to be part of the spending Remember from the, here on out. The $6 trillion was just for the American Rescue Plan that ended up being $1.9 trillion. Right. Bernie wanted to spend $6 trillion. $6 trillion. Yeah. Yeah. And we saw what $1.9 trillion did yep. to in, the inflation that we've all been suffering. Bernie wanted to go 6 Yeah. Wow. And so over and over again, this whole word compromise. We're working together. Compromise. Bipartisan. Blah, 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 blah. It's going to cost you. And ultimately, it's going to cost this nation. But it's interesting, Kennedy, going back and forth, because you could never get away in the private sector with those answers. You'd never get your funding. Yeah. In the private sector, if you if you couldn't answer the question, what do you project the results will be from this plan? And you purposely evaded the question? In the private sector, you would never get the money. Right. Ever. Right. And here, results don't matter. Nope. The narrative matters. Virtue signaling matters. And it's coming directly out of your pocket and out of future generations' pockets because they've got to borrow more and more money every day. You could be an established company like Apple and then go to a lender and say, we need this for investment. 
Well, what are you going to do with it? Well, we can't really tell you. What's it going to do for the company? Well, we can't tell. What's your return on investment? We don't really have a return. You know, but what we what we should be doing is you'd be laughed out of the you could be the one of the biggest or the biggest company in the world. You went to lenders with that, they would laugh you right out of the bank. 86690 Red Eye. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio toll free at 86690 Red Eye. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. You know, we've had such an insane week, and, I mean, it's been so stressful. I was going to suggest that you and I go hit the bars for happy hour, but then I realized. Nobody gets happy this early. Yeah. See the discrimination against us on third shift? First, yeah. As we call it, first, first shift. shift yeah. It's first shift of the day, actually. Yeah. Look at that discrimination. Yeah. Plus, oh. I don't drink. So... And like we, and like we need to drink at five in the morning. <laughs> That's the last thing I need. Well, That's the last thing I it, need. It will be interesting to watch the Sunday morning. If nothing happens today, it will be fascinating to watch the Sunday morning news shows to see if they totally ignore yeah, this entire yeah. thing about the allegations of bribery from the whistleblower. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I uh, want to say a shout out to uh, David Pena, our producer at our flagship WBAP. Uh, he is in his last minutes uh, after 23 years. Yes, you told me yesterday. Uh, with uh, WBAP. Um, after today, he is moving on, and, and we just want to wish him all the best. Yes, David. Uh, he and I, uh, you know, just being our being colleagues, uh, I'm, I'm proud to call him a friend. He's great, super guy, mm-hmm. uh, and, and tremendously great talented fa- and smart. Great family. Great family. Great fa- I love his Facebook posts. His, <laughs> his daughter was born just a few weeks before my first granddaughter. So that means his daughter's going to be turning 18, I think, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Here, David, uh, uh, pretty soon. But uh, to David, all the best. best. It's been all terrific. Uh, yes. a, a great track record there at uh, our flagship, WBAP. Yep. You will definitely be missed, but uh, we're going to keep track of you and keep in touch. Thank you, David. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.